Hello, fearless listeners and viewers. Welcome to the Diaries of Badass Bosses podcast. I'm Penny Joyner-Platt. And I am Tiggs Rice. And we are back for season two. Welcome. We're going to dive deep into the lives of extraordinary individuals who redefine what it means to be a boss. That's right. This season, we have lined up a stellar cast of guests who have shattered glass ceilings, forged their own paths and inspired change in their respective fields. I mean, we're not talking about traditional CEOs here. Our guests include entrepreneurs from a wide range of industries, making waves, challenging the status quo and sharing their stories behind their journeys. So whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, a budding leader or simply someone who loves hearing about tales of triumph over adversity, then you're in the right place. This is where stories of badass bosses come to life. And as always, we are joined by our incredible producer, Connor Wells, who always makes sure every episode is an auditory masterpiece. Thank you, Penny and Tiggs. I am thrilled to be back for another incredible series of inspiring stories and unforgettable moments. Get ready for an absolutely incredible ride. So stay tuned as we embark on this journey to explore the lives, dreams and fearless endeavours of some of the most badass bosses out there. Buckle up. Because season two of Diaries of Badass Bosses is about to begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Diaries of Badass Bosses podcast. I am Penny Joyner-Platt. And I am Tiggs Rice. So we're back. Another week. Another week. And we're talking about one of my favourite topics to talk about clothes fashion (laughs) i have dopamine dressed for the occasion i've come in i've come in full full pink today even my trainers are bright pink oh well i mean your trainers are fabulous (laughs) they are on brand um i'm donning a hat i was uh, i'm very i love hats i'm very much in a hat do you love my hats i've got a lot of hats my boys love playing with my hats as well oh do Uh, they oh yeah 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 I'm always a bit like, oh, careful, darling. Not that one. Not that, Not one. that one. Oh, gosh, no. Um, but no, it's, it's quite interesting because actually I have always, since as long as I can remember, um, just loved fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's certainly where I spent all my money before I had the boys because now it just goes to the boys. Yeah, fair. Um, but I think working in London as well, lunch breaks, everything, even oh when God. I was on a very pitiful salary in the early days and I would spend every <laughs> last penny just in shops and, and buying stuff. So I feel like over the years I've definitely accumulated mm. a lot of stuff. It's I mean it's a wardrobe to cover. There are some there mm. are some good pieces I've in that got wardrobe. Some good pieces, yeah. yeah. But unfortunately life happens like as I'm pointing towards my body uh children body shape has completely changed style has changed yeah oh my gosh yeah the style trends are coming around the low-rise jeans are back with the thongs (laughs) showing and (sighs) some trends that really should die yeah um but I think also (laughs) as well like career change as well so for me I kind of like when I was in London it was there was a lot of old school agency corporate dress like yeah. you know um I definitely invested a lot in some really good pieces but now I'm like do I need them I you know I mean I yeah. just don't use them as much like I just don't necessarily have the need for them but it's really sad to see them in the wardrobe looking at me going wear me I'm expensive <laughs> and have you found that going from <clears throat> corporate life like hardcore corporate city life to pajamas fabulous female founder <laughs> i mean in pajamas yeah there, there is yeah. and and i will hold my hand up and admit that sometimes when i have zoom calls i am fabulous to the waist and yeah, there yeah, are yeah. definitely pajamas think, on the bottom i think a lot of us during covid were fabulous <laughs> on top and just shamefully comfortable um on the bottom but yeah no i mean i i have the school run actually which means i do have to dress up I know that sounds crazy, but for whatever reason, all the women near where I live look fabulous. And I remember before the boys started school, (laughs) I used to look out the window and be like in my pajamas going, what? How does she look that good this time in the morning with kids around her ankles? Like, no, come on. I mean... But it's now put pressure on that I've got to make sure at least I don't look like I've rolled out of bed two minutes ago. 
This is why you always look far better in our early morning Zoom calls than I do. <laughs> yeah, because you've I had just, three hours extra time. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I just don't want to look bad on the school run. But no, I mean, uh, yeah, it definitely has changed. I definitely have to be considered about what I'm. I'm but I feel I've got cooler. I, I know that sounds really sad to say about myself, but I feel I'm trendier than I was when I was younger. Mm. Like I, I actually really care about style now that's mm. the thing that I really like so I really like but st- stuff that suits me yeah and not just because it's in fashion but as I say I do like accessories I do like my hats I do you yeah. know all of that I definitely an outfit to me is a full-on you know look exactly yeah. yeah so that's how how, how about you what's what do well, you feel I my what I think I have like sections of my wardrobe I've never had the corporate wardrobe because I've always worked for myself so um and and you're on your hands and knees. And I'm on my yeah, and like this is this is one. <laughs> Sorry, I There's resist. another blooper. <laughs> I couldn't resist. But it is one of those things that will come up because um, one of the things that I've and I've said this and actually I've said this to our guest twice before um, and um, will probably come up in the podcast again. So I'll leave that for later. But one of the things that I really struggle with is that I love the really glamorous classic lines and yeah. I like tailoring and like stuff like this, um, but as a photographer in my job I do spend a lot of time on the floor you know I'm shooting from angles that mean that I have to have durable clothes I need things that are like dark colors and things that aren't going to rip and so there's like a real divide in my wardrobe between the stuff that I love to wear when I'm not shooting and then the stuff that I need to wear that's durable yeah to work so there is that massive divide in my own wardrobe so I'm really excited to be talking about that one today. Well, also as well, I mean, Connor, you have to roll around the floor as well, don't you, my love? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and even Not together, I'm no, just no, no, going no, no. to add. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm clearly in a true. naughty mood today. <laughs> Can't help it. But um, no, uh, yeah, no, definitely. And I, when I was a nursery teacher, my f- former job before as a photographer and, and video and media and all that sort of stuff, I was a nursery teacher. And obviously in being in education there's certain things you can wear and can't wear and i love i love my black skinny jeans i'm always wearing black skinny jeans if you ever see me and i'm not in black skinny jeans come over to me and ask if i'm okay because <laughs> i will remember that because they're not all black they will be gray yeah if they're not black <laughs> charcoal um and you, you i find i don't know if takes you said you've always worked for yourself but whenever i've worked for an employer none of like the clothes that you have to wear I never feel comfortable in them I don't Mm. feel my true self having Mm -hmm. to wear say like uh let's say chinos or something something that's not like skin tight I prefer that yeah were you afraid the kids were gonna pick on you Connor yeah yeah I don't I like yeah but also Connor like can't be having that you um because you've talked about your autism on the podcast as well and do you find that when having to wear uniforms for hate it like the textures of fabrics as well yeah. is a real part and like labels and mm-hmm. embroidery and things. So yeah. it's finding stuff that you're comfortable in your body with yeah. that still makes you look smart mm. in that environment. Yeah. Um, it's like like gym gear. They say if you, you look good, you feel good. And it's the same with like, I guess, like whether you're wearing corporate clothes or just day-to-day clothes doing your day job, which is why I always wear literally just like black skinnies because I feel comfortable in that. I've got very short legs so it makes my legs feel longer and it makes me feel slightly more like I'm six foot when I'm not um so yeah I think having clothes that you feel comfortable in and also you know a durable and, and mm. all that sort of stuff very mm. beneficial so it'd be a very interesting listen today yeah and um fashion and what to wear because obviously as a as a personal branding photographer, even mm. in the boudoir side, one of the questions I get asked all the time is, what do I even wear on my shoot? What am I wearing? And of course, Stripes. They're up. <laughs> <laughs> Stripes. Tiny, tiny patterns. Please don't do either of those things. You, I mean, do what you want. Don't wear the tiny patterns. Um, Camo. And obviously there's lots of tips and tricks that I offer to my clients through the process of booking them in. But even better, we have a personal stylist in everyone needs day. her in your life oh absolutely <laughs> so um, it is an absolute pleasure today to introduce alex stanley to the podcast welcome thank you i'm excited to be here 
Oh, well, I have an intro and a half for you. <laughs> so, Alex Stanley is a personal stylist with an impressive 18-year journey in the dynamic world of fashion. With an unwavering passion for sustainability, dopamine dressing, the power and the power of style to create positive impact, she's become the go-to expert for women seeking to rediscover their inner confidence through style. Alex firmly believes that her style is more than just clothing. It's a tool for empowerment. Love that word. Her unique approach centers around the five C's of empowered style, a secret style formula that seamlessly binds individuality, sustainability, and confidence. With this formula, she's orchestrated remarkable transformations in countless women's lives, helping them embrace their truest selves. Her clientele predominantly comprises of busy professional women and mums who, amid their hectic schedules, yearn for a renewed sense of self-esteem. Alex understands the demands of modern life and tailors her styling solutions to accommodate the practical needs of her clients while fostering a strong sense of empowerment. I mean, I need some of that. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, I said that I have absolutely dopamine dressed for you, but we need to talk about the outfit that you're wearing because oh, yeah. oh, it looks fabulous. Oh, I wish I could get you. you to stand up and do a twirl. Go out short. Can you describe what you? And obviously, there's a there was a fabulous coat that you turned up in. But tell us about this outfit that you're wearing today, because honestly, for the listeners, I think they really need to understand <laughs> how fabulously you were dressed today. Oh, thank you. So, well, I've got a leopard print blouse and red, bright red trousers. I did have a bright pink coat as well um because I do love a bit of a bold color mix um color pop back with a kind of pattern clash very on brand because my um my business name is Lux Leopard Lifestyle so obviously that's um in keeping with the brand um but yeah I for me um leopard print and red as a combination is just really feels really powerful so if I want to show up feeling like that then that's um my go-to yeah, and you've got nails that match as well. I know, I, I did know. notice the nails. <laughs> fabulous, <laughs> fabulous. I'm hiding mine at the moment. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they desperately need doing. <laughs> so Alex, it is real pleasure to have you on the show today. So what I want to find out is you tell us about the origin of like where you are, what that journey was to now be running Le- Lux Leopard Lifestyle. Oh gosh, so I've got to go back a few years. So even before I started the business, I um, was kind of yearning for a bit of a change of direction. Um, So if we go back to 2018, I was working as a footwear buyer for Amazon. Um, It was very different to my previous role. So I worked um, for Marks and Spencer as a buyer before that, which was very creative. I got to develop all the product. I got to work with the designers and, um, you know, from scratch we would do the trend direction into the um, sketches and then through developing the range and you know getting to travel the world and see the product being created and then seeing people you know out on the street wearing things that we developed was incredible Um, so when I went to Amazon it was a very different um, culture a very different role so it was very kind of data driven and um, much less creative. So I had this kind of yearning to get back to that creative um, path. And it was actually one of my colleagues who said to me, like, you you should just start an Instagram account and, you know, just see where it goes. You, You never know, you know, it could turn into something else or it's just nice for you to have a creative outlet. So that was 2018, I started that started just sharing some kind of um, style inspiration, my favourite places to shop, my favourite places to eat, all of this kind of thing. Um, And then when I was on maternity leave, I happened to come across a personal stylist who trains other personal stylists, went to one of her events, just fell in love with everything. It just really spoke to me and, you know, my passions and the creativity. And it was like, right, this is me. This is what I want to do. Um, I think my husband thought I was absolutely insane um, (laughs) setting up my business whilst very sleep deprived um, on maternity leave. But I was like, no, this is me. This is my purpose. This is what I want to do. So, yeah, that's how it all started back in 2019. Um, And also part of it was feeling very much that kind of loss of identity on becoming a mum and you know feeling that I'd really lost myself and you know that change of body shape and everything else that happens when you become a mum and the changing priorities and wanting to make sure that I was around for my daughter and all of that kind of thing so there's a lot of different um, avenues that kind of led me to launch the business. 
I feel like there's a real thread here and that we've had a couple of people on the podcast now and there is something about maternity leave and women having time to think about themselves and what they want and well, we were doing it literally the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Because our kids are the same age, like yeah. literally at the same mm. time. We both went through the same journey separately. Like it's it's mad when we've spoke about it now because it was that, that feeling of, yeah, now's the time. Yes, I am tired, but this is going to be worth it. Never <laughs> underestimate a sleep-deprived woman. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, talk us through that process because as I think anyone whether you have set up a business or you're thinking about it Mm. it is daunting isn't it but it's you know I've just said it is worth it isn't it (laughs) absolutely and I think you know I was very naive going into the whole process like as I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs are. need mm-hmm. to be there don't you yeah I think <laughs> yeah. you do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you knew what was yeah. to come then you probably would never start it in the first <laughs> place but um yeah I think I you know I was so passionate and so driven about helping other women kind of in the way that I'd help myself um through that kind of loss of identity and everything else I'd I did my training sort of one-to-one with this personal stylist and um, that helped me on my own journey with kind of reconnecting with myself and, um, you know, learning what worked for me, what colours worked for me, what shapes were right and then all the tools that I needed in addition to kind of my background in the fashion industry. Um, So I just felt so passionately about being able to help other women who undoubtedly were going through the same kind of experiences. And, you know, it's not just mums, it's, you know, so many different things that we go through as women in our lives. There's, you know, menopause, it might be divorce, it might be a new job. Um, You know, there's there's so much that goes on that means that you quite often find yourself um, stuck you know feeling a bit lost feeling like you don't really know who you are and lacking that confidence so um I think that's what really drew me to this this industry and this work because it had to be something that was meaningful to me um I really wanted to feel like I was making a difference um and then that's kind of um evolved over time as well because sustainability has um, been really important to me as well and then I feel like I am creating a huge ripple effect in that as well um so yeah I think it's I think if if anyone's listening and they're thinking about starting a business it has to be something that you're super passionate about because you know there are going to be tough times it is going to be a roller coaster um so it has to be something that is really meaningful to you yeah I mean that's the buzzword isn't it passion we've mm-hmm. said it so much like literally yeah. every interview but it's so so true yeah and you mentioned a little bit about sort of colors and I see you've got a little folder of, yeah folder of colorful joy do you want to tell us what's in that folder that you brought with yes. you today shall I yeah go for it show and tell um so this is my little bible of colors um so there's every color under the sun in here so uh, obviously a big part of my role um evolves around color so um when i work with clients on color analysis i will um create them a bespoke color palette so it's slightly different to how some other stylists work so a lot of stylists work in the same way as I do in a seasonal color process Mm -hmm. so they talk about spring summer autumn winter so um, spring and autumn are essentially kind of warm skin tones and warm coloring and then summer and winter are kind of cooler um, skin tones and coloring Um, and so a lot of stylists will just say to you you're a spring you're a summer you're an autumn you're a winter Um, but I have learned you know over the last few years that everybody is so individual and so Mm. unique Um, we've each got our own unique mix of eye color lip color skin color hair color everything Um, so I like to be able to create a more bespoke palette so I will literally go through the drape process where I you know drape um, the clients with the colors we'll select the ones that work best for them but most importantly the ones that they love as well because Mm. it's pointless me saying to someone you know these are all your perfect colors and they're like well I don't like that I won't wear that you know all of this kind of thing and so I will give them a unique swatch book that's completely individual to them rather than sitting them in a box because I just don't believe that anyone you know that that works for anyone it has to be completely unique to you 
And can you look at people and go, like, obviously you still get your swatches out and do that process with them, mm. but can you look at people, like, say, the two of us sat in front of you and go, you know what, I know that you're roughly going to be in this, so, like, can you, by eye now, pretty much judge roughly where people might sit in that spectrum? Yeah, I think it's... I, I, it's a tricky one because I think I can say, you know, you've got a cool skin tone or you've got a warm skin tone, but I'd still sort of veer away from saying to someone like, oh, I think you'll be a spring or that kind of thing because every client that I've ever had has had colours across all four seasons because, um, for example, if you've got blue eyes, then blues and greens are going to work really well for you. Um, so you might have blues and greens that sit across the spectrum of the four seasons. Um, whereas if I was just to say to you, like, you're a winter, um, that would leave out, you know, all the other colours in the other three seasons. So I think it's also about kind of maximising what works for you as well and just making it um, as individual to you as possible. Mm. Have you ever had your colours done? I haven't actually, no. no. I, I was just thinking, like, I wonder what my colour would be. <laughs> and I'm definitely a cooler skin tone than you are, I'd say... This is, us, this is us guessing. <laughs> no, we're just looking at each other now going. I am the ghost of the two of us. So, <laughs> so you mentioned your five C's of empowered style, or, or I mentioned them in your intro. Um, can you tell us what those are? Yes. Um, I'm going to have to remember off the top of my head now. <laughs> so um, the first one is all around um, embracing courage. So um, really embracing yourself where you are now so it's really important to me when I work with my clients that um there's so much kind of social condition conditioning that comes into play where you know we feel like we need to be a certain size and we need to fit into a certain beauty ideal um and it's really part of my job to kind of reduce that noise down and to make people feel like it's you know it's safe to be me and it's you know, it's amazing to be me um, and just really empowering um, women to feel good about themselves. So um, courage is the first one. And then it's all about um, unleashing your creativity. So um, stepping into that version of you that you aspire to be and not being afraid to kind of step out of that mould and create something that's totally unique to you. Um, and then you have got also the kind of um, second side to that, which is about your uh, kind of unleashing your style personality. So um, I work across um, six different style personalities. So that all comes into play as well when we're um, trying to identify who you are, essentially. I mean, I mentioned it earlier, one of my personal like biggest challenges actually is my wardrobe and actually how much I really genuinely do use of that. Mm. Um, and it's because I'm somewhat attached or I kind of feel a bit like I really invested a lot and I do yeah. try and sell stuff on eBay and sorry I shouldn't mention any brand names that <laughs> sell them online um but one I never usually get what I think they're genuinely worth because I do look after my things but also mm. it's just I find it hard to detach like to you know let go of things so what advice would you give anyone that's kind of actually you don't use your wardrobe get the space back and you know get rid of stuff <laughs> it's really hard there's such a <coughs> sentimental attachment to our wardrobes you know there's so much of our history and our self-esteem that's wrapped up in that wardrobe and I think often you know like you were saying at the beginning if you have gone through a transition in body shape and you know whether it's through babies or whatever just aging um it can be quite hard to let go of that version of you um and to let go of those pieces that no longer no longer serve you essentially um but I think it's about having fun in the process and and really getting enjoyment out of like who can I be and how do I want to show up in the world now like what is my aspiration of how I want to be and kind of focusing on that rather than focusing on almost what you've lost and it is a bit of a like mourning of mm, <laughs> this yeah. is who I was before um I see it all the time with women who perhaps have become mums and their wardrobes are very much about their old lifestyle um so you know when they used to go out and party a lot so they've got heels and they've got beautiful mini dresses and like all this kind of stuff that just isn't practical for kids and that kind of lifestyle so um I think it's being like super honest with yourself and just really working through what do I actually wear in my wardrobe and what am I never going to wear 
again um, and you can always you know repurpose things um, get things altered um, upcycle into something completely different like a handbag you know if you feel really mm. sentimental towards something um, so I think there's lots of different options but one tip that I do give to a lot of my clients is to once you've taken everything out of your wardrobe put it all back facing one direction and then um, when you wear something turn the hang around the other way and then after sort of a month or so you can see these are the items that I'm really you know gravitating towards that's brilliant I love that tip that is great I mean one thing as well which I have done and I definitely recommend is actually getting rid of any items clothes or anything that actually give bad energy so mm. they either are attached in some way to something like a memory or something mm. and I actually did do that and I yeah. have to say that was so cathartic I loved doing that so that was yeah I definitely yeah. recommend that I did that actually recently <coughs> there was something that was in my wardrobe that had a really bad memory attached to it and um I well it, it was a bikini actually um and I just felt really the memories attached to it when I put it on I need to go into a hot tub, like with friends, um, day before my friend's wedding. And I had a proper cry because the memories attached to those clothes were so strong. I was like, get it off my body, get it into the bin. Like, I, I cannot have this around me. Um, and yeah, so like getting rid of those things, like it, yeah, sometimes you just have to, don't you? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, a lot of people see fashion as materialistic. Mm. How do you, how do you respond to those <laughs> critics out there that say that? <laughs> Um, so it, it's one of my big bugbears, but also like a huge part of my mission as well to really bust that myth because... Bless you, Connie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was the weirdest sneeze ever. I was really trying to hold that in. Apologies. I was really trying to hold that in. It was the throwback that really hurt that I think it did. I heard it through my headphones. <laughs> it ended up being more of a distraction. <laughs> Sorry. Please continue. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't very Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, to Tiggs' point there, you know, there is so much um, emotion that comes up for us within our clothing. And just our self-esteem, like, it's all wrapped up in our wardrobe. So, actually, it has such a powerful impact on how we feel that I don't think it could ever be described as frivolous because it it carries so much meaning to you for whatever reason, whether it is because of how it makes you feel or because of um you know it's sentimental because somebody's given it to you or it's just been from a certain period in your life that really means something to you um but not only that you've got the power to really um create how you want to feel so you know as you were saying this morning about dopamine dressing you've put on um a beautiful pink top and it's made you feel really powerful and it's really impacted how you felt um and I think we underestimate the power of clothing to do that it can literally make or break your day um and it then causes kind of a ripple effect on your interactions Mm. with other people because if you feel really um uncomfortable in what you're wearing and you don't feel confident you're not going to show up as your best self you know in in your interactions and then that's going to have a knock-on effect across your day whereas if the opposite is true and you've worn the colours that make you feel good, you do actually literally get that dopamine hit mm-hmm. from wearing those colours. Or it's not just about colour, it's also about um, just anything that make, that you love and that makes you feel good. So it could literally be a pair of jeans um, that make you feel incredible, that give you that dopamine rush. It doesn't have to be about, you know, something extra sassy and amazing and, you know, all of that kind of thing. Mm. I often find that colour draws people like if I'm wearing bright colour it will draw people into me Mm. like there was once I went to a networking event and I just did not feel like having to (laughs) this sounds awful didn't feel like making contact with anyone I don't know why I went (laughs) I went Um, to a networking event not to network (laughs) didn't want to do it brilliant so um what I did was I wore the brightest I have a, a full like like pink dress vibrant the same color as this actually and head to toe wore my bright pink trainers walked into the room and actually I didn't have to go and approach anyone because they all came to me and went oh my god you're so pink and I'm like well while you're here let's have a chat (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I mean color will literally draw people around you as well and actually one of the things that I whenever I think of you is always bright colors and like like the red that you're wearing today the pink and also like I also associate with bright green as well Mm. which is another color that we often see you wearing yeah definitely and I think 
actually green's a color that I didn't wear um until probably four or five years ago um and I think I've been on my own journey with color um I think you know doing the training as a personal stylist and learning more about color um has empowered me as well to wear you know the bright bold colors that I love because I think something that is kind of fairly well known in the industry when you're a buyer is that you do tend to wear a lot of black it's just like a commonplace thing because as I am right now yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like a safe color (laughs) and it's like it's easy and you know you're never going to be off trend in black it's just such a classic um elegant color um but I think for me it's actually quite a draining color on me so um being able to embrace all of these bright colors has been amazing and it's really helped with my confidence and kind of how I show up and green also means a lot in terms of my branding because of the sustainability side of things as well so it's all part of that um kind of psychological messaging through color as well which is kind of perfect timing. I was going to say. Literally our next question. Beautifully segmented <laughs> next question. Um, you're really passionate about sustainability. It, it mm. literally runs through all of your offerings. Can you tell us how you've brought sustainability into your styling? Yeah, so, so one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it is because of the experience that I've had in the industry and seeing... Um, you know, the really detrimental impact that the fashion industry has on not just the planet, but on people as mm-hmm. well. Um, you know, I was very fortunate to work for companies that, um, you know, had sustainability policies in place and did care about about that. But still, you know, there's so much work to do. And I think the realisation for me was on having my daughter and thinking, you know, what kind of world do I want to leave behind for her, essentially? And like, I had some extremely questionable shopping habits and you know I used to go out shopping every week and buy new things and um, I think you know often it's it's kind of filling a void rather than actually you know I didn't need half of those things Um, and so I really sat back and kind of questioned myself and started to implement a few little changes and then really enjoyed it like I really Mm. enjoyed um kind of being more conscious I guess just being more considered with everything that I was buying supporting sort of small pre-loved sellers and small sustainable fashion brands and all of that kind of thing and then I did so much research through that whole process because I wanted to make sure that you know if I was recommending things to clients that you know it wasn't greenwashing and that I knew what I was talking about essentially um but I loved going through that whole process because it's again it's just finding meaning Um, in everything that I do so I will always start with um, sustainable fashion brands and pre-loved as much as possible when I'm doing personal shopping Um, but obviously the biggest thing is kind of what you've got in your wardrobe is the most sustainable garment that there is so it's all about maximizing what clients have got sat in their wardrobes and just creating something totally new and different from what they've already got and a lot of feedback that I get from clients is um I feel like I've been out shopping and I haven't actually left my bedroom (laughs) Um, amazing which is really nice to hear as well and you do a lot of work and sort of collaborations with charity shops, yeah. Um, which honestly, they this sounds incredible. I remember you talking about it, like you ran them last year. Mm. Um, tell me about your charity shop collaborations and partnerships. Oh, I love it. It's um, it's so important to me to feel like I'm giving back, um, and obviously being able to support charities is such an amazing way to do that. But it's also a nice way for me to. Um, change people's perceptions as well about secondhand fashion because I think there is still some stigma although it's very very different now to what it was sort of four or five years ago there's a lot of stigma around you know it's my nan's old stuff that's in the charity shop or you know it's old smelly stuff it's not like you know it's I won't find the trends in there kind of thing um so I love changing people's perceptions so one of the things that I've collaborated with a few charities on is catwalk shows um so I'll compile my edit of the trends from um like I did one in June I think it was with Oxfam literally everything that went down the catwalk was from Oxfam but it was all attuned to the trends the current trends so it was all about showcasing like this is actually what you can find in a charity shop and you know I had a few people who came to the event say to me afterwards like which charity shop do you go to like I never find this stuff (laughs) and obviously I'm 
gifted with having you know the eye for those things but you know it's possible for anyone to go into a charity shop and find the trends in there um and it's amazing to it's such a win-win because it's like you're reducing your impact you're giving money to the charity who are doing really important work um, but you're also creating you know a totally unique style and saving yourself lots of money as well so mm-hmm. it's just yeah it's an amazing feeling to be able to support that yeah I mean you never know what you'll find as well in charity shops I had, <laughs> I had a horrifying um situation <laughs> that happened to me uh I'd just come back from stage school um and I'd basically, I had a lot of clothes, um, and I'd basically put all of my clothes that I'd had down in London all into, like, black bin liners because I just didn't have enough suitcases. Mm. And I got home, and it was at my parents' house, and I kind of just all put them in the spare room, and I hadn't had chance to, like, go through and, and you know, put them in the wardrobe and everything. Come home one day, and they're gone. And I was like, where have they gone? And my mum had taken every mm. single black bin liner of all my new clothes from stage school to the charity shop. Oh, my goodness. Ouch. Oh, yeah. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my cousins, my friends, everyone was like, which charity shop was it? <laughs> yeah, I would, I would absolutely have been on that list. Running down. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw them again. So, yes. Oh, yeah. that's really yeah. sad. Yeah. But that's what I mean. You can never know what you're going to find at a charity yeah. shop. <laughs> and Brand new clothes. Great ones out there. Like, there are some in London that specialise in designer fashion as well. So if you know the oh, right yeah. places to go. Yeah. 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 I've picked up a few bits over, over the years. So. Mm. I mean, what are you currently finding some of the biggest challenges in the industry for you right now? I think it's, um, w- with regards to sustainability, it's still very, um, I mean, I think it's always going to be just constantly innovating, constantly changing. So it is challenging to keep abreast of all of the changes um, and, you know, make sure that I'm really well informed so that I'm giving the right advice to um, the women that I work with um, because there is so much greenwashing that goes on um, and you know it's also challenging sometimes to try and explain that to your clients as well because you know things like oh I think H&M are doing a really good job or Zara are doing a really good job because they've just done a ethical campaign or something like that but actually it's nothing in the grand scheme of things like the overproduction that those guys have and the fact that you know for Zara they um they send a lot of their end of season stuff to Oxfam and it ends up in Oxfam you know brand new with the tags it just shows you how much um overproduction there is going on I mean it's amazing that they partner with charities and that they're trying to um kind of do good in a sense as well but I think there's still so much work that needs to be done in the industry in terms of changing this model of like overconsumption and like FOMO and like I need more and I have to be wearing the latest thing and I have to look like this and I think that's there's always going to be an element of that that's just human nature um but I'd love to see the fashion industry changing more and you know not only you know the kind of um greenwashing side of things but also just on people because we forget you know there are people at the beginning of that supply chain that are being really um poorly treated you know human rights um are massively impacted by the fashion industry and i think there's so much that still needs to happen in terms of that as well so um i think it's important for me to kind of remind myself of that sometimes because I think we can all get lost in like oh my goodness I have to have that like brand new trend piece that's just incredible but actually I have to kind of think to myself no I don't actually really need that and that's what I try and pass on to my clients as well um so I think that's probably the biggest challenge at the moment and I mean we we very much every client we work with actually um, we're always showing and telling them that they need to show up, that they need to mm. make sure that they are representing themselves through imagery mm-hmm. and through on their website, through their social media, mm. everything else. You actually do offer like that stylish package, don't you, for mm. people? So talk to us a little bit how that works and how, because I know a lot of people out there have probably their ears have pricked up and gone, oh, <laughs> I need that. Like, <laughs> Yes, there's a couple of sides to it. And um, I do quite an in-depth package, um, which is is essentially around personal branding. So it's, um, 
you know, learning everything that works for you individually. So, you know, identifying your style personality, your colours, your body shape, and then um, kind of building out from your wardrobe the outfits that you want to represent you and your brand and your personality. And then, um, you know, working with a photographer um, to either come along on the shoot kind of on the day if you're doing a personal branding shoot um, or to plan everything ahead so that you've got all your outfits planned you know exactly what you're wearing it just takes the hassle out of everything um, and just makes you feel really confident on the day rather than I know a lot of women have had the experience of personal branding shoots where they the night before have been like oh no like what am I going to wear oh my god I don't know what Mm. I'm going to wear and then that has a knock-on effect on how they show up on the day as well, um, which I'm sure you, you've yeah, probably experienced. Yeah, I can hardly to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've actually had the privilege of working together before on shoes, mm. and it honestly does take so much pressure off the client to turn mm. up and be like, okay, there is stuff that's going to suit my body, in my size, in colours that work for me. Mm. And, um, yeah, like, the last one that we worked on together, you had, you had a whole, had a room full of options. Yeah. It was amazing. I think as well it's... Um, being able to push people gently out of their comfort zone because if you do need to be visible and you do need to show up um you know a lot of people if they're lacking in confidence they'll often revert to like you know the safe things so Mm. and that might not be how they actually want to present themselves and how they actually want to show up so it's kind of really gently pushing people out of their comfort zone and um getting them to wear things that perhaps they would have never even considered by themselves um but when they do put on they're like oh my goodness like this makes me feel amazing and you know that has such a amazing knock-on effect to how they're then showing up and you know on social media and getting more visible and it's not just in you know that personal branding shoot it then has a really nice ripple effect afterwards as well Amazing. And what is a typical day for you in the life of a stylist? <laughs> I think it's a lot less glamorous than you probably <laughs> imagine. Um, but it's it's so varied. Um, I think, you know, because I'm working across lots of different um, types of styling, so it might be collaborating with a charity and going to one of their shops to do a live video or to do in my edit um got a few of those coming up um, ahead of Christmas which is really mm. nice um and then it might be going to do a personal shop with a client whether that's um locally or in London or online perhaps as well um and then maybe fitting in a color analysis as well um but I also have obviously all the other kind of things that you do as an entrepreneur so networking and I might go to an evening networking event or something like that so yeah it's totally varied and actually I do spend a lot of time at home like working from home because so much of what I do is virtual now as well so um yeah lots of different angles (laughs) and uh Talking about going straight into the next question, which you also <laughs> managed to bring up so perfectly. Um, you've said about your networking. You've just won a Shining Star Award for Best Networker, haven't you? Yeah, I've been nominated, so hopefully Ooh. we'll see. <laughs> when do you find out? Um, it's the 5th of December, I think. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I was nominated for um, just a finalist for the Shining Star Awards and then for the Best Networker as well. So it's very chuffed to be nominated for both oh congratulations That's amazing. thank you and, i mean talk us through i mean being nominated for best networker that's i mean that's a title in itself how do you network because obviously you're showing up for yourself and mm. we we see you um I mean, penny has co-working days that you run every month and we see you there and actually we bump into you quite regularly <laughs> so t- how tell us the secrets of networking how are you doing it how we how do we get nominated for awards for showing up in places <laughs> Um, I think for me, like I was up until this year, I was um, working part time alongside my business as well. Um, so this year has just been amazing because I've had so much more time to dedicate to my business. Um, whereas previously, I didn't have that flexibility of, you know, being able to do this event on this day and this event on mm. another day. So I've really, you know, gone for it and getting myself out there because that's I was missing that connection with people. And I think that's what... I love about networking for me it's not about going and you know giving my sales pitch or whatever it's actually about relationships and you know you don't have a team or 
I don't have a team as an entrepreneur and a lot of people don't if you're a solopreneur. Um, so it's really important to build those relationships and kind of almost build your support network in a sense as well. Um, you know, I've collaborated with a lot of amazing businesses that I've met through networking. I've got an event coming up where I'm collaborating with two coaches who I met through networking. Um, so I see it a lot more as kind of relationship building and um having that support around you is so important as an entrepreneur 100 percent. yeah yeah i actually didn't used to do a lot of networking um penny when you started uh <laughs> when you when you launched the platform you're like i'm going to these networking events you should come i don't i actually think i'd been to one maybe early morning bni session before that and that That's was what it put you off it I was, was, I was literally <laughs> <laughs> I am not a 6.30 in the morning person and that yeah definitely it was the time of day but yeah you you really pushed me into networking yeah. in the last year and it's been so yeah. beneficial so beneficial yeah no I for me it's one of my biggest sales strategies is the networking side of it so mm. yeah big shout out to my level up ladies as well mm. I'm gonna say yes. that because yeah, we love do them. love our level up ladies don't we so Jess and Zara hi <laughs> <coughs> Connie you network a lot as well don't you um on occasion i don't really enjoy it as a bit of an introvert i'm not a big fan of the networking i've been to quite a few networking events um who will remain unnamed um one might have been mentioned before but um <laughs> uh yeah some, sometimes i could be a little bit cultish but uh i don't know i like my my elevator pitch just i just i just i'm, I'm not very good at selling myself I like, uh, hang on a second uh, whoa 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 i disagree <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. the perfect 60 seconds it wasn't even 60 seconds it was 10 seconds yeah. and we both went oh. whoa <laughs> <laughs> so maybe no, i had quite a few coffees that day but uh, yeah networking events i don't know meeting new people is always a bit daunting isn't it so right. I, I tend to network for you to be honest connor you I do don't yeah think there's any, any event You're i've ever been it. to that i don't talk about connor <laughs> um they they literally think that we must come as a pair <laughs> links below <laughs> That's, that's the extent of my networking. <laughs> on the subject of meeting new people, like they often say, isn't it, something like it only takes seven seconds or something for someone to form an opinion yeah. of you. So mm. as a business owners, how do we use styling to make every second count? Um, so I love the quote that fashion is instant language. I think that just says it all, really, because, you you know, you do only get seven seconds to make a first impression. And especially in today's world, like people are so time poor that they do, you know, it's even more important to create that positive impact and show up how you want to. So, you know, there's so much that you can look into it if you do work with a personal stylist or even on your own in terms of like colour psychology, for example. So, you know, like I was saying before about green for me like really um speaks for itself in terms of sustainability and gives off the message that I want to um subconsciously to people when they're looking at my social media or you know getting to know me um you can really speak volumes just in what you're wearing so um you know in terms of branding pink you know the kind of energy that it brings is um really positive quite feminine um you know red as i was saying is like such a powerful color if you want to really show up as a boss and you want to you know give off that really confident um vibe you know each color has its own um unique psychological um values that you can kind of express um subconsciously so i think that's a really powerful tool to have um as a business owner because i think often we think of our branding colours um, and then we don't necessarily think about how that translates to us as individuals and how you know you might have picked certain colours for your brand that actually really don't work for you in terms of your skin tone so it's how you then yes. build that into your outfit in a way that's kind of flattering to you as well it was the reason I picked purple because it's royalty yeah <laughs> <I love laughs> that's it. how I think of myself wealth <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'd love to say that there was more that went into my brand. Um, do you know the my I mean my my brand colours have changed slightly. It's still the navy blue and the gold, and like they're definitely the hard the hardcore colours of my brand. Mm. But when I originally picked them, I went through all of my photos and I merged them all into like a sort of collage. 
and ran a color, color analysis picker from them and said, okay, well, the colors that are coming up most in my brand, the images that I loved that I was shooting most. So the colors that came out of that were very much like the navy blues and the golds of like the beautiful Art Deco bar fontaines that I shoot mm. in a lot. But also it was picking out like all these like skin tones as well to support it. So that's how I ended up with mine. Um, I don't really wear any navy blue and actually I don't wear gold jewelry. So for me, turning up in my <coughs> brand colours can sometimes be quite hard. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's where you evolve, don't you, like, as a business owner as well. And, you know, my brand, my logo is black and white, which kind of makes it very easy yeah. to build the other colours into it. But that logo existed, you know, when I first started my Instagram account. It wasn't even, you know, when I started my business. So my colours have definitely evolved over time. And I think that's the thing. I think you know, as business owners, you do evolve, you evolve as a person and you evolve as a business. And I think it's not being afraid to kind of mix things up and, and change things because you don't want to be stuck, you know, on a personal branding shoe or just showing up to networking in these colours that don't make you feel good. And you're just wearing them because they're part of your brand. Um, I think there's nothing worse than that because it's just not going to make you feel confident. Mm. Well, we've come on to that special time, the uh, <laughs> quick fire round, <laughs> if you've seen our show or heard it. Um, so what is your best business accomplishment? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's just been seeing the transformation with my clients. So there's one particular client who... I've worked with she was one of my first clients um, and seeing her transformation from um, you know feeling really low really lacking in confidence and um, going through the menopause and just feeling like she'd completely lost herself to now where she's like super confident she's showing up um, with confidence in her business online um, but not only that she just feels really good like you can see she's just got this kind of inner glow that that comes out so yeah for me it's that client transformation and what's your best productivity hack oh um I think actually it might seem counterintuitive but making sure that you've got like regular breaks planned in because I was awful in my previous um career at just sitting at a desk all day long like chained to the desk and not taking breaks but actually if I stop and kind of refresh myself whether it's just to grab a cup of tea or to go out for a walk or that kind of thing it actually makes me so much more productive mm, mm. I agree actually definitely and what is something that the internet doesn't know about you mm. oh I don't know because I'm very open on the internet <laughs> Um, I don't know whether many people would know, but when I worked um, at M&S, I worked with Twiggy. Um, mm. So I um, co-created a um, handbag collection with her. Oh, wow. um, so I got to work with her and like go to her house. And um, she brought in fabulous. you know, some of her fabulous things as inspiration for our collection. So that was amazing. And oh, I was goodness. very cheeky and I got her to um, sign a Vogue cover, um, which I got from... Spitalfields Market, I think. So I've got that framed at home. Love that. Oh, mm. how fabulous. It is yeah. my favourite question, this one. Because yeah. I just I just love people's answers. It's just honestly always amazing. And they're always so wholesome as well. I like, find <laughs> some fabulous stuff. Yeah. And if someone invested £50,000 into your bank account today, what <laughs> would you do with it? Oh, such a good question. I've always got such a long list of things <laughs> that I want to do with my business. Um, I think just... Um, just expand my business really like I just I'm so passionate about having as much impact on as many lives as possible um, and one of my end goals is to um, to help 10,000 women to reignite their confidence through their style so I would just invest it in ways that would help me to reach more people um, whether that's you know PR PR advertising <laughs> um, and also you know I'd love to collaborate um, on a bigger scale with um, charities and things like that so you know I'd love to be someone like Bay Garnet and have my um, edited collection of Oxfam and Selfridges or something like that so that kind of investment would help with those kind of goals as well. Oh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> so wonderful. <laughs> 
So, internet search history question. Oh. This is where we troll the internet and find out something <laughs> something about you and ask some question. Except that actually for you, I didn't go on the internet. Oh. Um, so, we attended a talk that you did at Soper's house in 2022, uh, September. Both of us went along and listened to a fabulous talk that you did. And you talked about keeping a list of your favourite items and then finding them later on places like eBay or Vinted. Mm. Um, so... I want to know, what's your best ever second-hand find or bargain? Oh, that's such a hard question. I know it would be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, I think probably it has to be my um, Grants and Nanette boots, which are basically like a stylish kind of hiking boot. But these are um, leopard print um, (gasps) kind of faux fur like pony skin if mm-hmm. that makes sense um and they're just beautiful um and they're I think they're something like 300 pounds plus brand new and I got them on eBay two or three years ago um and they were 140 or something like that um but brand new still in the dust bag hadn't ever been worn um and they're just like my prized possession I love them I love that I'm gonna ask this to you as well Penny because you're quite a a fashionista you, think, <laughs> you often have amazing things yeah I, I, I this one for me it's a really easy one because it was an absolute find um I've actually got a beautiful Louis Vuitton scarf uh, that I actually my mum found when because my mum was cabin crew mm. um and she actually got from Thailand in Bangkok and it was just one of the markets where they do obviously all the fake stuff she actually found an original and she got it for the price of a fake scarf so I think it was like five pounds or something like that and so I've got this original (laughs) Louis Vuitton for about five pound wow (laughs) so yeah well done (laughs) mum mine actually was last week um i've wanted a pair of those you know the timberland boots with the um with the heel i've Mm. they've been on my list for years and i can see you in those yeah yeah yeah. so i've always wanted them never actually put them on my feet so i went into the store the other day tried them on oh my god it was like putting a glove on my foot (laughs) and uh i was like considering it and i'm like oh should i and um my friend alexandra turned around to me and went tigs vinted come on so I went on brand new inbox with <gasps> all the cleaning care stuff, fifty two pounds. Amazing. No. So that's my current that's my current win. Okay, over to you, Connor. Come on, what's <laughs> what's your best bargain you've ever found? Um, I mean, clothes wise, I typically just buy all my clothes from like Hollister or Bad Monday, just because they're pretty comfortable. I, I like their designs. But charity shop wise, it's not really clothing. But I I got a camera bag from a charity shop once a low pro takes you on no low pro camera bags yes. are pretty expensive yes um hundreds yeah hundreds yeah and i managed to get a camera bag from a charity shop that was worth about 100 pounds i got it brand new like all the padding still nice and thick all the velcro oh, hadn't worn velcro away ones. yeah oh, gosh. and uh got it for 25 quid and that was my first camera bag for about a year and a half Brilliant. That is this absolute yeah. steal of a It's a five. very good steal. <laughs> there you go. That's proof in the pudding. It is. So what does the future look like for you? What are you working on right now? What can we look forward to? Um, so I am I'm currently doing my first kind of group online program, which mm-hmm. has been really exciting because it allows me to kind of work with more women um, and also go into some of the depths of um, things that I was talking about around you know societal conditioning and embracing yourself as you are because um, as much as we work on that one-to-one there's obviously so much behind that so it's nice to be able to work on that with a group of women as well who, who feel really supported and um, you know vibe off each other essentially um so i'd like to expand that moving forward as well so hopefully next year um i will do that um other than that just um what i was saying before really just growing um all of the avenues that i'm working on at the moment so working more um on a kind of broader scale with charities and having more impact through that kind of work um and then my luck style formula which is my kind of signature one-to-one program um just reaching more women through that incredible fabulous well it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show Mm. thank you so much um and before we wrap up what is one piece of wisdom and advice you'd like to give our lovely listeners and viewers today um, I think for me, from 
uh, from like an entrepreneurial angle and also from being a woman as well is just um, you know staying in your own lane um, and not getting too caught up with um, you know what everyone else is doing and um, you know needing to keep up with what you see as you know other people's success because I think you know social media especially is just a highlight reel and you know there's so much else that goes on behind the scenes um, so I think it's so important to stay in your own lane and to really trust your intuition like that's what I've really learned over the last few years and had to really lean into because um, you know you have so many wobbles that you go through um, and I think that's what you can always come back to is yourself and just that deep trust of yourself so yeah. oh well thank you so much I've honestly I am inspired I am going to go home I'm going to go through that wardrobe. You can I'm start turning the hangers. I'm going to turn the hangers. Turning yeah. the hangers. I think I'll probably end up just turning two, which will just be very evident <laughs> that I'm not utilising most of the stuff in my wardrobe. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. No, but I'm definitely inspired. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us again for a fabulous episode. Um, we will be back next Wednesday with another fabulous guest. Um, one really exciting person. Well, she's done quite a lot in terms of like pulling together a community, mm-hmm. which is related to how we work and yes. the way in which we work. So really fascinated to find out more about that. And uh, yeah, please come and join us. Um, and that's it from me. Yeah, we'll be back with another dose of badass boss energy next week. So please come and join us. And don't forget, you can catch all of our previous episodes on your podcast platform of choice. See you next week. See you soon.